go. Yo, yo. Uh, on a windy and rainy day it is. in South Yorkshire. We're back. It's a pick and roll podcast. Gav, how's it going? It's going all right. Going good. It's um, We've not been there for a couple of weeks, have we? No. It's been weird. I kind of, this time of the season's generally, I don't know, start, interest starts to wane a little. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's only and there's only one thing anybody talks about anyway, so just the, the Lakers, isn't it? Yeah, the end yeah. Of, I don't, I don't, end of that. We pile on them so much, it kind of yeah, yeah. There's no need. Fair to pile on even more, but um, yeah, they've had an uh, interesting uh, <laughs> few weeks. <isn't> it? <laughs> it's funny though. It's like, genuinely thinking about it makes me laugh. Like yeah. it's it's yeah, it's good um, to see. Yes, yeah, so twelve, thirteen games left. A month off the playoffs. Um, the West, as you mentioned, the Lakers has kind of took shape now. Uh, yeah, it's locked in there, hasn't it? The West, as fun of the as the uh, as the Kings have been, they look like they're just going to come up a bit short. Come up a bit short. Something yep. uh, miraculous happens. Um, so that's kind of taken care of itself. And the Lakers, obviously, yeah, have been the hot topic. Um, you're talking head shows and whatnot. Yes, um, we kind of called it before the season, didn't we? That, um, yeah, these, these moves were very strange and. I kind of fancy them not to make the playoffs. I mean, we rag on Magic Johnson a lot on this podcast. It's quite fun. For good reason. Though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's all, you know, it's all learned. Just because you're a billionaire doesn't mean you're clever. Uh, yeah. Would be my sort of uh, underlying thing. One of the moves, I think, that kind of gone under the radar uh, in all this sort of fallout the last few weeks is, did you hear the story about um, Beasley getting in like a physical confrontation with uh, Lou Walton, apparently, after one of the losses? No. This was sort of just before the uh, trade deadline, and obviously next minute he's gone yep. to the Clippers in that trade. No one seems to have picked up on this. Like on yeah. podcasts, I listen to like we can't understand why they traded Zubac yeah, yeah, yeah. for Mike Muscala. Yes, like, well, they traded him just so they could get rid of Michael Beasley. Get rid of Michael Beasley. Just get him out of the locker room. That seems yeah. like it seems to miss. We'll that take anymore. Michael Beasley. There's no other reason to make that trade. Otherwise, get him out of here now. I don't. Yeah. I don't want him on this team. And that, I don't, no one seems to have picked up on that. Which is well, you know, no one can, no one can cuss my Jake. So are the other guys there? Palenka, Rob Lowe, look alike. Rob Palenka. Yeah, yeah, he's there he's just there. to take. He's just there. He's he's he's, he's Magic's bag man. He's there to take the fall. Yeah, he's um, he's there to carry the ship through customs. He barely speaks either. Which is That's why strange. he's got nothing yeah, to say. Yeah. That's why he's like he's just a front man. He's just there to take the rap. Oh yeah, no, it, it was Palenka's decision, not not Magic, because Magic couldn't ever make a question. Yeah, someone's uh, going to get thrown under the bus there. Yeah, yeah that's what he's there for. Go on, Rob. Enjoy the ride. You'll get paid, you'll get laid, and you'll get fired. But again, it goes back to this thing we keep saying about ownership. And Jeannie Buss seems well-liked around the league, but there's no evidence that she knows what she's doing, is there, really? At no. At this point. It was just six years now and no playoffs. Kobe era didn't end particularly well, did it? Giving him some massive contract. Massive I mean, you, contract. You can blame it on Mitch Kupchak or whatever all you yeah. like, but it comes from the very top, doesn't it? You yeah, know, somebody's signing the check. And, uh, you know, all this credit Magic's got for sort of bring in LeBron and he chose the Lakers. I don't think it was a hard pitch, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think it was all to do with magic, to be fair. So, uh, we could do an hour and a half on, on the Lakers and, and what's gone wrong there. But yeah, it was a uh, questionable move. You shouldn't need to, though. It's all so obvious. Yeah. As if as you could... Michael Beasley, Rage and Rondo, Lance Stevens, like, JaVale McGee. No, right, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the NBA's worst dressed man, by the way. <laughs> if you see some of the club, he comes out with. Jesus, he had like a patent champion sweatsuit with like an oversized bum bag on the other day and a trench coat. It's not working, Javale. Uh, you know PJ Tucker, let's put it that yeah. way. Uh, no, but... Uh. And the Brandon Ingram news now, obviously as well. Not good, health-wise. No. Blood clots. 
Yeah, the Rondo thing, sort of quitting on the team and sitting on with the fans was a bit strange. I mean, maybe it wasn't though, is it? It's blown out of proportion. Str- I don't like know. It's, 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 a, it's like a dickhead move, and so it's not that strange because no. it comes from a fucking proven dickhead. Yeah. Like, oh, look, Rondo's going to do something dickheadish, so we'll make, we'll make it all about Rondo, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Mark Jackson, who's pretty much on every Lakers game on SPM, <laughs> was trying to sort of blame it all on. Uh, Luke Walton. Yes, sort of, of course he is. He wants that job. Uh, you know, he's, this group's not inspired. You know, they're not sticking. What do to I do? I talk about Jesus this, and principles, yeah. and nothing else at halftime. Blackmail by strippers because um, <laughs> he's a man of principle. Yeah. So yeah, Jesus forgives. I think there's more. All good. more but another underrated thing is just LeBron underestimating how good the West was as well. I think just thinking. Yeah, you know, we keep hearing about the East back and nights. I still think it's a massively inferior conference. Yeah, it? yeah, he's been having a cakewalk. You know, if uh, Detroit can go on sort of winning streaks, you know, your, your conference is not particularly strong. I, don't know. I would agree with that. I yeah, and they've that. actually missed Lonzo Ball as well. Weirdly, I know which tells you, fan, but we, well, well, that at least he played defense. That's a measure I mean? of how yeah. low your fucking bar is, yeah. if you know what I mean. You're missing Lonzo Ball. Yeah, like, I mean, for all his shit. limitations, he, he does try. I'll give him that. You know, yeah, but this is what we're, talk- what we're talking about: a team that may have come eighth, if you know what I mean, in the West. Um, I think they've actually got a worse record than the team without LeBron had last season, which that pretty much tells you everything. Enough on the uh, the world's biggest ego. How could that possibly upset a dressing room? Brings yeah, it brings yeah, in off the team, which are you know proven winners, are actually just a bunch of fucking. Uh, one team who's not struggling, Gavin, the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks uh, came from twenty down at half time last night. Kind of spanked Miami. Yeah, they have pushed the Toronto back, and that's uh, they look like they're gonna. Yeah. Yeah, about three and a half games behind now or something, I think. Should I check this morning? They are three wins behind, yeah. Um, it's looking like Milwaukee will get that top seed and uh, have home court advantage. Oh, they're the most organised, best playing team. I don't think they've lost more than two in a row all season. And not many times they've lost two in a row, so, you know, they've, yeah. not, they've been very consistent. So I'm trying to say. Eric Bledsoe, new contract. New contract. Uh, four years, 70 million, which seems about fair for a 29-year-old. Yeah. Wanted to be there as well. Um, if we actually look at his stats, he's not having that much better a year than he had last year, but I think it's just the non-statty stuff. He, he just looks happier and looks yes. better fit and yes. you know, in an organized, organized system. I, I, I think I, the general consensus is he's played a lot better. Yeah, he's he well, he, yeah, he seems to have matured into the player people have always been waiting for Bledsoe, if you know what I mean. Yeah. At first, I think his potential was overrated, and I think that led to some issues, both for him and the other teams and his value. And now he's in a situation where he wants to be. I think just Brogdon, who has got that size and can sort of be that secondary ball handler, has really helped him. So it seems like a really good fit, doesn't it? Yeah, they're a good backcourt, those yeah. two. Brogdon, uh, the president, currently on uh, pace to join the old 50-40-90 club. Is he? Rarified territory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 50, nearly 51% from the field, 43% from three, and 92% from the line. Care to take a stab at the other members of the 50-40-90 club? There's seven others in the history. 50-40-90 over a season. Is there a minimum amount of shots? Because it could be... Well, yeah, it's not. If you know what I mean, it, it could be... be yeah, yeah. Regular rotation you know players. Yeah, we're not... No, there's no, there's no one you've not heard of on here. It's not. All pretty recent players. Mm. One old school player. Do you want me to put you out of your misery? KD. KD's one. Steph. Okay. Steph's another. Clay? No. Uh, I don't know. Dirk. Dirk. Yeah, Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Uh, Reggie Miller. 
was going to say, Reggie. Mark Price and uh, Larry, Larry Legend. <sighs> Some rarefied territory, that, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, um, shit. Malcolm. Yeah. Did you um, read, you know, Don McRae, the boxing writer? Yeah. Well known as a boxing writer, done some cracking boxing books. He did a quite a feature length interview with him in The Guardian last week. It's a right. Good read if you've not read it. Okay, no. Uh, yeah, he seems to have um, he's kind of done quite a few NBA players this year. He did Jalen Brown quite a lot, a long interview with him. He did one with Kareem. Worth the read if you're. A... I think he's trying to dig out the more interesting interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, good read if, uh, if, uh, if you've not read that one. Oh, I'll um, check that out. His uh, book on Emil Griffith is one of the best boxing books I've ever read. Out. No, no. Straying off topic slightly. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the books. Um, Mark Gasol in is a bit of insurance. Not sure how much Mark Gasol. Pal. Sorry, Pal Gasol. Um, Mark went up to other ones. Yeah, not quite sure how much he's got left in the tank at this stage. But I guess. It's well, would you need six minutes here or there? Yeah. Uh, Come on, play a stretch centre. Yeah, they're deep, aren't they? So all they need yeah. is a stretch that stretch somebody who can play centre and stretch to pull clear the floor out for Yanis. It's just a bit of Lopez insurance, I guess, as well, isn't mm. it? Um, uh, yeah. The Raptors show you, yeah, three games behind um quite thin on the ground. The back end of the bench. I don't know, they sort of wave some stray. Jeremy Lynn had to start the other night when sort of Carl Lowry was down. That that worry me slightly. He doesn't yeah. seem to really have hit the ground running there. I don't know. Gasol's now in the starting lineup, isn't he? Well, well this is the thing, the unfortunate Aside from maybe ten games seven years ago, Jeremy Lin has an awfully unimpressive resume. He's doing very well financially. Uh, yeah, and that. this is what I mean. Out of ten games, if you know what I mean, <laughs> like yeah. one bu- one buzzer beater game winner at the Garden. Yeah, he looks, he looks a step slow when I've seen him. Ka-ching. The Raptors uniform. Yeah, <laughs> I'll always love him for zinging uh, for for zinging Kenyon Martin. When he was did cussing he? him out for having dreads. Oh, right. What did he say? Kenya Martin was trying to get himself on television. Is it a bit of a, a cultural appropriation? Cultural appropriation. Vibe, it, it, okay. It's disgraceful. And when asked, so like, you went off on this, like, Stephen A. S. <laughs> Grant, and then someone asked, like, Jeremy Lin, and he went, Oh, you know, Kenyon, he's just joking and trying to get a TV job. I mean, it's not like you wouldn't look stupid if you said that and you had, say, Chinese symbols tattooed on your neck whilst you were saying it. <laughs> <laughs> like,. And lips as well. <laughs> yeah, like, like, but it, cultural appropriation. Yeah, yeah, like. It, I, I vaguely remember. It was one of the best that. things I've ever seen. He should have just said, "You're like an idiot, Jeremy. It's a fucking stupid haircut." Yeah, yeah. The battle of uh, wits, I think, Jeremy Lin. I'd not favour him over Kenyon Martin. Harvard graduate, like, Jeremy yeah. Lin. <laughs> um, what was I going to say about the Raptors? Oh, um, did you see uh, Sergi Barker? Uh, Sergi Barker's <laughs> swing, swinging and missing Anonymous. on uh, Marquis Chris. <laughs> That's all I could hear. It was that guy of freaking Major League. Swing! Anonymous. Cyrano. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bob... He looks like Cyrano. Bob Uke. Fuck you, Jobu. <laughs> <laughs> Three games he got for that. Fair enough. Yeah. Fucking he, idiot. He kind of had enough and uh, grabbed him. Marquis Chris, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. He just looked very surprised by the what? whole thing. What are you doing? Then, <laughs> yeah. got, then you get a game suspension. Like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, yeah. Knock my head off. <laughs> I'm trying to def- just defending myself. Oh, uh, Serge. That was quite funny. Um, yeah, the top of the East. Um, Indiana just won't go away. Trying to sort of throw a spanner in the works in that three to sort of five uh, yep. thing there. Um, Boston had an interesting few weeks as well. Uh, Gary Irving just won't shut up, will he? Doesn't just... know what's good for him. No, just... Doesn't know what's good for himself, does he? He's, he's like starting to talk his money, starting to talk his money down now. Is he? You know I mean? Oh god, he's just. But just play, just you know. He's not a, contradicts himself from week to week with stuff. Uh, 
I don't know. I find it quite fascinating. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's a he's clearly he's clearly a confident lad. But I I, I just think I don't know. I, I think Kyrie Irving year four in Cleveland is that's Kyrie Irving. If you know what I mean, Kyrie Irving, the captain of a losing ship. I don't think is, there's anything he's going to add to his is, game is, at this point that we don't know about. Kyrie Irving, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like I don't. I mean, I, I, he's one of my most fun players to watch. He's fantastic, but he's just. Yeah, leave it. Just he's not, leave he's it not a leader. Mate. No, it's just that's not you. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's not that guy. Yeah, they're a strange one. The Celtics. It's the timelines just don't seem to fit with. I don't know the players they've got. It's when you've got the sort of like, the young guys who are still trying to sort of establish themselves. And I think you know, Kyrie will be gone. I think at this point they'd probably it wouldn't surprise keep me. Terry Rozier. It would, and... I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a Terry Rozier fan at all. I, I, but I think good, good stats. I, I think Stevens has guy. a. He's got written all over him. I think Stevens has a thing which, like Pep Guardiola, that you have to sort of sub, like give give up your individuality in order for the system, mm. and and that and Kyrie just will never do that if you know what I mean. And mm. I think that's where the success worked. That's why it worked better with a bunch of players who were last year like happy to be in the system. All right, yeah, I'll yeah. do whatever needs to be to put me in the system. Whereas Kyrie is like, nope, I am the spanner in the works. Build it around me. And I, I'm not sure Stevens' basketball is like that. I'm not sure he's that kind of coach. No, look he's... at the assets he's given and forge something out of that or support, make something appropriate around those. Well, got, don't forget, he did, came from college as well. And he's mm. kind of he's kind of system, carried that system, sort of system. yeah mentality. That's what's worked for uh, me. That's what I really enjoyed about his coaching last year. Mm. It was kind of it was kind of someone's not doing the job straight out, I'll get someone in who can do it this way. Do you know what I mean? That's always very much mm. been his thing. That's it? why Rogier could look really good yeah, in yeah. that system. That's what I mean. I think know, if he went to another team, Isaiah Thomas I don't think he'd look very yeah. good at all. Yeah, Isaiah, another, obviously the injuries and that, but yeah. um, not, it's not, I mean, you've seen he's played his way out of uh, Denver's rotation as well. Which, which then, uh, which then get, makes you start to wonder, are there not, if you know what I mean, a shed load of other point guards who aren't quite as good Technically, as Kyrie Irving, million a year. who would slot into that system, which would then free you up the money well, to lock down This is the thing you've got Brown and when you're Taylor. paying Gordon Hayward all this money, and you know he's taking two shots in some games. It's that's a worry as well, isn't it? Um, well, on the same hand, he's scoring twenty six in another. So yeah, but that's the thing. There's absolutely no consistency. Or is that kind of? He's just not getting the shots he had in Utah. I mean, he was. No, I think he was getting like 15, 16 shots a game that last year in Utah, and he's, he's lucky if he gets seven or eight in this sort of Boston team, which. If you're paying someone thirty odd million a year, not ideal, really. Um, yeah, I know we've talked about how cold-hearted Danny Ainge can be uh, in previous uh, pods. Would you surprise you if he traded him? It depends. That, that shock. It, it wouldn't shock me. It, it wouldn't shock me, but I think that it'd have to come from Stevens before because they had that college thing. Yeah. It seemed to be that he was the one like. I need one player, and you can pick the rest, sort of thing. And yeah. that it, it would seem to be that that might cause some sort of rift there. So yeah. I think for harmony, paying Carrie Irving and Gordon Hayward sixty odd million would worry me at this stage. I don't know. Just, just, I would just wouldn't really be bothered about Kyrie Irving leaving. If you know what I mean, I wouldn't really be bothered. Tell yeah. me, you're telling me Spencer Dinwiddie wouldn't do that job better? Oh God, yeah. So this is what I mean. So you don't have to be the technically the best. Dribbler. He's been balling, by the way, Spencer. Yeah. Since he came back. He's got proper money now, isn't it? Yeah. That confidence. But yeah, so I just think I just think it's 
it's, yeah, it's a system that's dependent on a on a point guard who's plays a tad more unselfishly than Kyrie Irving does. Yeah, and then Kyrie Irving lacks the self awareness to just not even talk super selfishly as well. So the uh, the first couple of rounds of the East playoffs are going to be fascinating because they're going to change. They're going to dictate so much of what sort of happens this summer, aren't they? Free agency wise and stuff with yeah. Um, what goes on in Philly and did you listen to Zach Lowe? Which one? Yeah, do you reckon Brett, Butler Brett stays Bayer? there? Uh, I don't actually. I don't. I don't think they're going to pay. I don't. And then where's uh, he end up? I don't know. Did you listen to Zach Lowe's of Kauai. last podcast with Brett Brown? I didn't know. It's quite a good one actually. Zach Lowe usually he kind of he doesn't really ask the tough questions that, but he really put him on the spot on the yeah. sort of stuff. You know the Markel Fultz stuff and um, the Butler stuff and stuff. He, he didn't. He didn't really give much away. It's all there, but it was, it was a good listen actually. And uh, yeah, he's going to he's going to be under some pressure as well. Um, sort of June if they get bounced early. Um, yeah, because they've kind of thrown it all thrown all the chips in, haven't they? Ellen Brown with. Yeah, Tobias move and the Butler move. I, I, I think I think Butler will be the odd man out, like you say. Um, I think it should be Simmons. Looking at it, he'd be the one I'd be looking to. Yeah, he kind of he spoke about that sort of yeah. friction possibly between Embiid and Simmons, and can they play together and stuff? I'm not still convinced they can. The games just don't. The games just clog in. Yeah, they're just paint clogging. And yeah, I like I say, I'm, I'd be like, you're talking about going Hayward and two shots. Anybody who won't take a shot one like. Five feet away from a basket would worry the shit out of me. Well, if what are your if he's not called Buck Williams, your main players can't shoot free throws and can't hit jump shots. You're going to struggle in the playoffs. Well, what, does what, that, what, what do we know? What what do we know? Does that mean at the end of end of playoff in crunch time minutes if you can't take a free throw? Yeah. <laughs> so, and who's ever happy about that? This is done for the Lakers as well this year, isn't it? Just the ability to. Hit a free throw. Yeah, it's not really basic basketball. Hit a free stuff, throw, uh, the easiest, most translatable thing anybody could do. We'll be right back. See the thing with James Dolan? James Dolan going out with fans again. Yeah. No, getting security uh, to go and have out it with fans. I did see that. Yeah. Like, like um, yeah. another man who just doesn't know where to show his mouth. Yeah. Just, you know. Again. He doesn't give a fuck though. Seeming billions. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Probably sue for that. But, uh, um, yeah, I wouldn't listening. There's a whole plethora of yeah. The Knicks are just conjecture. Even Clyde can't tempt me into watching them anymore. I'm sorry. It's just it's awful. Awful. It's awful. David Fisdale looks like a broken man. It's just a, it's, it's this whole thing. It's just it's fully symptomatic. We're back like where the Sixers were a few years ago. Like, this is why I can't see Ke- Kevin Durant going there. I mean, you got to be fucking fairly spectacularly fucking what, egotistical. Yeah, tick. <laughs> tick. <laughs> Some kind of imagined chip on your shoulder and a point to prove. Ah, tick. Yeah. tick. It's, it's never really happened before, though, has it? It's never really happened before. Well, LeBron's just gone to the Lakers. That should yeah. be a warning to him. Mm, I guess. Did you see uh, <laughs> some media made this thing out of the Lakers-Toronto game uh, the other night? LeBron was sort of seen talking to Kawhi <laughs> after saying, I'll be in touch and stuff. Yeah. Like, really? What's that then? Yeah. I'll leave, leave a 60-win team to go and join a fucking... Uh... Go Clippers if you're going yeah. to LA. I, I do think he's going to the Clippers. Oh, I mean, I think um, hopefully we'll have Mike on... Uh, 
next week. Uh, Mike Tuck. He was when we had him on. It'll be Kawhi and another as well because they've got the yeah. Minutes, when so. we had Mike on before Christmas, he was kind of you know confident that the Raptors would sort of convince Ka- Kawhi to stay. I'm I'm not sure still now. Even if they sort of get to the finals, I think he's going to bounce. He don't look all in on I Toronto. Got, I think he's got clippers written all over him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and another, and other, whoever that may be. Yeah, Jerry West and the and the front office working the magic there. Um, yeah, they've uh, doing the palinka link. They've been fun to watch again. Lou Williams now the all time leading bench scorer. Yeah, NBA I saw that the other day. Del Curry's uh, mark. I saw that. Go on, Lou. Yeah, can still get it done. Very favourable deal as well. They got him at a great number. He just loves it there, isn't it? He that, does. That's what he said. I just well, love it. Yeah, I love it. Moving my kids out yeah. of school, just I want to stay somewhere for like four or five years. Let's make, let's make that LA. They're going to pay me loads of money. Yeah, their starting lineup's bizarre as well. They got like Landry Shamet, uh, Beverly, yep. and he, just yeah, tough, tough team to play against. Fuck it, Doc Rivers, coach of the year. Got me in a shout. I mean, they've got very good players up and down the roster, but you've still got a. It'll be bud. You've still got to sell everyone into a role and stuff, and that's yeah. hard to do. I mean, look at. The, Fucking Lakers and Celtics, you know what I mean? It's uh... but look, look, they've look, they've been they've been riding the the write off that was Danilo Gallinari. If you know, what I mean. it's huge. It always, it always just looks like uh, every time I see him, he seems to have got a black eye. As they're like, he's probably spoken to someone's girlfriend. He's shunned having a bar <laughs> or something. And someone's just fucking clocked him. <laughs> Has he never not got a black eye? That dude. Every time I see him, it's, just, it's like he's, he's been scrapping. Yeah, the number of like broken wrists and stuff. I don't know. I, I'd love to uh, love to have a weekend out on the tiles in the off season with Danilo. That's all I'm saying. I bet this I'm not fun, sure I would. I bet this fun to be had. What handsome, tall uh, Italian yeah. dude? Can you imagine some of the uh, with lots and lots of money he gets into? Um, I can only imagine in LA. But he's got an entourage. That's all I'm saying. Gavin. Yeah, yeah. It's a big family, isn't it? In Italy, it's men in uh, very fancy leather belts and uh, pointy ass shoes. Pointy ass shoes. <laughs> Overly tight jeans. Puffer, puffer with jackets. rips in them. <laughs> oh. Yes. Um, yeah, the West, as we said, is pretty much it's rounding into shape. Golden State clinging on to that number one spot. They just look fucking bored at this point. Uh, I know I'm bored of watching Steph Curry's brother-in-law clank fucking threes off the backboard. How <laughs> 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 so McKinney is it? Just <laughs> missing shot after shot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just the postseason can't come quick enough. It looks like a bit of a mess, though. It looks like a bit of a mess there, to be Well, honest. the boogie defense th- has been I this think year. might be ending up with, you know, like just the Splash Brothers this time uh, next year. It's all right, because uh, everyone's favorite Aussie's back, Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut. He's going to uh, bring his uh, triple Mid- handoff game and... Uh, his, his ringed middle finger. His <laughs> ringed middle finger, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 been a struggle for Boogie defensively, but he had a good game against the uh, the Rockets the other night. So yeah, a struggle for Boogie, Boogie um, and Kawhi. I don't think I don't think Steve Kerr will be afraid to bench him though if it's not you know working in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. We're well, only a one year deal, isn't it? So what's, what was it matter? Yeah. <laughs> I can't I'm gonna leave, but you're gonna leave in like three hours anyway. I can't see uh, anyone bar them or Houston getting to the finals in the West, though. Can you? No, you've always got. A, Houston have always got a chance just because Harden. And, yep. You know, I, I'm unconvinced carry. by the Nuggets. No, no, I'm not. Not because well, they've never won a playoff game. So it's, doesn't, yeah. you don't just go win the. You get to the final. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Like that. Well, like I said, that's always that that fucking mile high. Yeah. 
Mile high, like oxygen assisted, fucking regular season, isn't it? Yeah. It's always like all those all those years with George Carl. Well, they're a good team. They got a bright future. So. Mm. They're really deep. That's the thing. Is um, but they're only that are they only that deep because the other team's gassed? Yeah, well, he has his advantage, and they and they mm. take advantage, don't they, by running them second mm. units, Danny throw and stuff. And yeah, yeah, which makes total sense, which is what you would do. But yeah, a five hundred on the road, so you know, sixteen and sixteen, which. Not bad. Um, like I say, unconvinced. I don't know. There's some fodder down down low in that. Basically, once you get below them, it's just I don't know. I'm quite enjoying the uh, seemingly the Blazers' thunder scrap for home court. Yeah, that's going to keep uh, the rest Oklahoma of the season up and down. They sort of yeah, win a few, lose a few. You want to be fourth, not fifth, in this. Well, you're going to play each other anyway. They're sort of fourth and fifth at the minute. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, that's what I mean. So it looks like they're definitely going to play each other, those two. So yeah. the rest of the season for those two is, is is jostling for that home court. And you'd want home court. Yeah, the Blazers have been playing well. Yeah. Dame seems to just, I don't know. Getting warmed up. Point to prove in the playoffs this year. Big game time. Um, they won't have Jeru Holiday to deal with. Sadly. Yeah, <laughs> to lock him down. Yeah, Rodney Hood as well. Been, uh, yeah, he's been pleasantly surprised. A good addition. He went off in the... Uh, Fourth quarter against the Hornets. A good addition. Fourth quarter is meant. Good addition. Tell you what else. Tell you what else. Speaking of a bit of a non sequitur, but almost because there's Jewel. Alfred Payton rattling up triple triple doubles this week. Really? Yeah. He's got a couple this week. Oh, I give up watching the uh, Pelicans. I saw really? Julius Randle went off last night. Give up. Night. Nobody ever started watching the Pelicans. That's yeah. the fucking problem. But yeah, yeah. Alfred Payton's. Uh... Yeah. Oh, he had fifty-one against. The Thunder, didn't he, a dame? Mm. Overtime game. That's a good game. That. Just asserting himself early. Yeah. Just walking in, pissing on their kennel. You get Nurkic and Westbrook going out again. Of course. <laughs> That's one to watch is the playoffs. Well, it, hey, look, if there's one thing, if there's one thing, it, it, it looks like that, yeah, if you can wind up Russell Westbrook, he'll don't fuck you, clank, clank you out of the city, out of the state, out of the, out of the tournament, out of the season. He'll just go on a clank tear. He bites, like, doesn't he? As yes. we saw. Um, he, he's very baitable. And those so. not great scenes for anyone in Utah the other night. Uh, yeah. Getting into it with a fan. and Yeah, just... I get it. The kind of... You can only take so much abuse, I guess. But, yeah, don't get threatened into <laughs> to smack people's wives. Just... But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know no, to... no one's covered himself in glory. And that whole thing yeah. is... is I, I, I don't know. To be honest, it? to be honest, I'd be able to take that on films on Russell Westbrook's money. It, the problem is some people see, them, money, has it? see themselves as a performer and not really a sportsman. And a, a sportsman's role is... This is why it's so overly inflated. This is why you ain't getting played like amateur fucking theatrics money, Russ. If you know what I mean, you're you're there. Sportsmen are like... They're, they're seen as like these lightning rods these 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 divisive points that that player you loved you'd love to have on your team but you wait on the other side if you know what i mean and the ones who are the best ones embrace the that sort of theatrical element to it if you know what i mean to be fair it, the, the whole point is if you know what i mean you know, like like wrestlers they go out there they get booed and they'll go back and have a pint like it's the job i'm a heel if you know what i mean and i think rusty wants to act like a heel and not have that aspect of it. Yeah, well, I mean, he kind of brings a lot of it on himself. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? mean? Like, like, you, yeah. you act like that, people are going to call you're, you a fucking not, prick. You're not blameless in this. I mean, that calling him a prick's one thing, you know, making sort of 
comments with racial overtones is another. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what was through these people's head. But I've never been to a sporting event and found the need to abuse anyone or shout abuse. I just don't. It's, I don't know. Maybe that's just. I know. I know you don't. It's just you're not made up that way, and I don't no. get where people, you know, find that is just acceptable you know to but this is what i mean but that but job it, it is strange on, isn't it, it is. that job is strange some people really underestimate what that means to some people like for some people going there once a week is the reason they go oh, they God, endure yeah, I mean, a shitty you, job or see, they football matches don't you every week they yeah, just want to go and get angry at people you know it's people insane. who would you know normally you know in their day-to-day sort of goings on are just Completely normal people. We went to the derby. Really we went to yeah. the derby. It, yeah. we had to, it took two miles to walk to the ground, and it was just a load of people who were bitter and angry about shit. And, and this was somehow their place to to get that out. And the oh, fucking hell, did they were? It was horrible walking there with these. If you know, just yeah, horrible. It's weird. I don't get that mentality. Me neither. Yeah. What are you going for? I don't know. What are you going for? Take up kickboxing or something. <laughs> get your aggression out. It's... There is a there is a thing, and. Um, It'd be more poignant, I think, ways would be if, you know, the ref stops the game, if if, if there's anything like that, and fucking, those people are fucking hauled out by security. Well, that's what security's care for, but the, the end of the day, it's like Stuart's Hills, but the probably fucking volunteers on like mm. five quid, no, they don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? It's like, oh. Billionaire owners can't yeah. can't afford to pay for security, that's exactly. the issue. Yeah, the, did you see the jazz owner sort of got on the court and read a statement out about we're not a racist society? <laughs> that's really, no, that's not the way to do it. You know, no. A, you shouldn't be reading off a fucking press statement. It yeah. should be coming sort of from the heart. And B, you you can't just say carte blanche, we're not a, you know, Utah yeah. is not a, obviously there, there is pockets of that, otherwise you wouldn't be having the issues. So, it's a completely wrong statement to make. No, I, I, I we'll just like just accept there is a problem and say we're going to, yes. you know, yes. well, let's work together to, to you know, if educate the, people. If, if don't just don't just make a carbon stupid fucking statement like that. I just, I'm just really poor. Yeah, if if there's one thing history of any kind in any context shows that when you deny that these problems exist, yeah, that's essentially what she was then doing. Then they just yeah. get worse. Yeah. Yeah. And they just get worse. It's much better to acknowledge and talk about what you are going to do moving forwards and to she help did the exact work on that. these things, yeah, to yeah. eradicate these issues. I think people respect that more as Absolutely. well. It's just it's just delusional, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, very, it's yeah. just delusional. Just handled, handled quite poorly. But, uh, Utah Jazz handling something quite poorly yeah, in, I mean, in Utah. Fang base has not got the best reputation. And obviously, it's very, very minor percentage. So many players have actually come out and said, yeah, they're the fucking worst. You yeah, I mean? yes, it's not, it's not... yes, it's known as one of the worst places yeah, to play yeah. for that. And I'd imagine a, a lot of that plays into it. And Utah is a very, it's not very, it doesn't look especially ethnically diverse unique, compared to uh, some, area. demographically. Yeah. Uh, anything else from the league? Anything else we, this uh... week? No. Well, not um... really, Ben Simmons still rocking on coloured shoes. Fuck out of here with that. Maybe that's like you some music and you just don't get it no he's, more. Uh, he's dating an influencer, Gavin. So think of that what you will. I feel resolutely uninfluenced. <laughs> so I'm going to question the efficacy of that there, Ben. He can't influence his, uh, his shooting stroke. Uh, yeah. It would appear. <laughs> influence that jump shot, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, <sighs> right, we'll be, uh, we'll be back soon.
Clarence Weatherspoon Hall of Fame. Come on then. I can't believe we've not got around to it yet. The player I was uh, been obsessed with <laughs> for years. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. Yeah. Bizarre reason. Uh, Drazen Petrovic, the Mozart of basketball. The Mozart um, of basketball. You gave him that name. Reported from the Gazette de la Sport. I can believe yeah, that. Yeah. I can believe that. Yeah. That's a, that's a very Italian way to. Oh, Enrico Campana. There you go. Uh, famed Italian basketball writer, apparently. Oh. Yeah, it's weird. He's he had a, like a his game was kind of it's quite robotic. If you actually watch the highlights, of, yes, was, he wasn't the most graceful player. If you actually watch it, it was very uh, methodical. No, no, very. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, like, he wasn't stylish. No, we he was, but he. Not in like a sort of Kyrie Irving way, do you know what I mean? He he's very effective. Oh, very quite, very quite, effective. Quite robotic in the sort of movement. He wasn't the most graceful mover. If that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say. If you watch the highlights. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. Not not graceful. Like he's everything about his his shot was fairly unorthodox. Yeah, it was kind of like you know when you sort of get those sort of old sort of early sort of Nintendo basketball games where the jump shooter sort of jumps really straight straight figured, up and uh, uh, kind of robotic like he's kind of his jump shot was like that but very consistent it's kind of like play thompson just like the same yes sort of yes uh, technique he, he was one of them that shot seemingly in front of himself yeah like yeah. pushed it in. yeah not, yeah not yeah it's very off the sort of thing not that, not that top of the head sort of shot like no a push yeah it's very much out in front wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And his, his legs mm-hmm. very rarely bent either it was kind of uh, yeah one of well reggie miller said he was the greatest shooter ever yeah, well, he said the best he'd ever played against, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Several times, to be honest. If you have a look over that, Reggie Miller has said that over and over again consistently for a long time. In a, whenever anybody asks that question, he jumps straight to that. If you... Although you probably know who Drazen Petrovic is. Uh, if not, um, obviously grew up in the former Yugoslavia. Teased, well, um, it was Yugoslavia then. It, it, was. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the former Yugoslavia. That was to come. Yeah. Um, became like a sort of teenage phenomenon really. His brother was a, a few years older and established sort of player um, with a team in Zagreb, uh, Sibona. So he went there quite young, early 80s, and just established himself as just a high school. Wasn't Sibonich first and then they let Sibonich him go to Sibona? Yeah, and then he went to Sibona. Established himself there, playing with a, his brother in the backcourt. as like a sort of high-scoring phenomenon really. Yeah, and there's, well, like... Um... It, I don't know. He seems. What one thing? I, one thing I am wary of is there's a lot of mythologizing about young Drazen. It's, it seems, if you know what I mean. Well, he, he turned up at five a.m. every day and went to school and came back for like he put in seven hours a day every day. And... Well, he was a bit of sort of Kobe Bryant like in that. So just incredibly obsessed with being better yeah. at basketball. Yeah, and, uh, really hard working, as you say, not the most. Obvious raw talent. It was just a lot of it was just hard work. Yeah. And, um, obviously had a touch. So. But Sibona, they won sort of the equivalent of the Champions League twice in '85 and '86, which is basically like it's like Notts Forest winning the European yeah. Cup. It was you know they just an unfancied small team from Zagreb and sort of beat Real Madrid in the final one year, and then I think they beat Canis, um, who were um, Sibona's team, Lithuanian team, obviously mm. then in the former USSR. Uh, in the finals, um, the year after, to sort of win back to back Euro Cup that put a sort of thrust him onto the European stages. Anyone score 112? I think yeah, there is 100 point games. Uh, there was a 112 point game, I do believe, for that team there. 
at that point. 112 points in a game, which, to be honest, must have been an awful spectacle. Yeah. Imagine just going and watching one person taking that many, just like, <sighs> you've made 50-odd baskets. Yeah. Um. So there was talk of him going to college in the States and stuff. I think he sort of got on the radar, mm. playing with some traveling Yugoslavia teams. So he played at the 84 Olympics. They got the bronze medal there. So that was his first taste of... Uh, sort of the Olympics, and there was talk of him going to Notre Dame, I think, at one point, but there was obviously, like you said, there was rules against the Yugoslavia Yugoslavians wasn't leaving, leaving the, country the country before they were 28, apparently. Obviously, this is, you know, sort of very communist uh, rules and stuff, similar to USSR at the time. But he eventually was to leave and go to the States. They would not let him play for Yugoslavia, uh, and this was at a time where Dino Raja, Vladi Divac, um, and others sort of who were a little bit younger than Petrovic were coming into the team and they had a really good shot at the sort of 88 Olympics. Um, they lost in the final, didn't they, to Sabonis' Russian yes. team. Um, but if you watch the Once Brothers documentary, that's kind of really where Yugoslavia thrust themselves onto the world stage as like a dominant force in sort of basketball. I think yeah, the USA getting knocked out in the sort of semis in 88 was what led to sort of the dream team coming into place and stuff and lobbying oh, for the yeah because they, they look so good like everyone could see Yugoslavia like the coming force you know yes yeah. um you know with so, they were like watching the Harlem Globetrotters it was kind of 86 Celtics there was lots of cutting and moving extra passes if you're watching their highlights absolutely phenomenal sort of teamwork you know really. they're a really really good team yeah they? um, that's when he actually looked at his most free-flowing yeah just very sort of spurs like very everyone passing and moving and cutting for each other you know divach could handle the ball uh young tony kukoc obviously uh dino Raj, all nba all-star level players you know all on the team so it was kind of like a, a yugoslavian dream team if you will Yes, a golden generation, one of those. A golden generation. That's what you'd call it, yeah. Yeah. Well, it it altered the trajectory of Croatian, well, certainly Balkan sporting history for the next, because that was, yeah, it's when people start to look outside of the NBA for a consistent place to be like, okay, right, they produce legitimate players there. And there have always been players from that part of the world since then. Portland drafted Sabonis in like 85, didn't they? Yes. He didn't come over until like 10 years later. like 10 years fucking Uh, later when he was dead. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think then then they took Petrovic. I think it was 87 in the draft. Uh, Obviously, he didn't go over. Yeah. Uh, So after the Olympics, this is when he first came on my radar. I remember being going to Spain as a kid and buying basketball magazines and he was literally on the cover of every magazine in Spain at the time this was like summer 88 and like he just signed from Madrid um, and I was just like who is this Petra I'd never heard of him because he'd yeah. never even come on the radar I think you might have seen him on Transworld Sport or something yeah yeah um, he was like a megastar in Spain you know his pictures were in his Madrid shirt stood next to his Porsche and stuff and it was like everywhere it was like a phenomenon um, so obviously signed there in 88 and just did the one season in Madrid yep. um, before uh, going over to Portland. Going over to Portland. Struggled there, though. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of when the Berlin Wall had just come down and stuff, wasn't it? 89. Um, so lots of changes going on. I think Marshall Lunis joined the Warriors at that time, the same season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So kind of starting to see the trickle of, sort of European players coming in. Um, Vladi Divac was drafted by the Lakers as well, I think. Same year, was it? I think it was 89, yeah. The year after. I think it might have been. I'm sure they were rookies the same season. Okay. Divac obviously landed on quite a nice situation with Lakers, Magic, James Worthy, Hall of Famers galore, Drazen on 
a Blazers team which were stacked a veteran guard. team and stacked yeah, at guard as well. Yeah. Drexler, Terry Porter, Danny Ainge, Danny, Danny Ainge. Young, um, and just yeah, wasn't really getting any playing time at all. Effective when he did come on, but Rick Adelman not a not no sent, yeah not said to be a fan of younger. Yeah, I think there was questions about his foot speed and his mm. defense and stuff. Which is fair enough when you watch him play. Yeah, but he was very effective. Like you know, whenever he did come on, he apparently he was one of the most. This is slightly before analytics and stats and stuff, but if you if you read a book on him, apparently he was one of the most efficient players in the league offensively. Mm. Like you know, the minutes he got, he just he just couldn't get enough minutes, and obviously very frustrated. There was a yeah. I don't know. There's a touch of Marcus Smart about him as well, like the, like the the ball magnet, yeah, stuff to him. He was capable of lots of steals for a player that big. Yeah, well, he just read the game six so five well, six didn't he? six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, well, that's where his foot speed was was in his head, yeah. not. Yeah, um, but he was used to be one of the de- uh, best players in the world. You know, yeah, he dominated in Europe. You know, similar to like Luka Doncic. Yes, at a similar age, and and then went was... to nowhere yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Very frustrated at that yeah. time, wasn't he? Um, Very frustrated. Obviously, the Yugoslavia team was still quite dominant. They won the um, World Championships in 1990. If you watch the Once Brothers documentaries, this was just as a sort of Croatia was sort of battling for independence and the war was sort of about, about to <laughs> kick off, you know, with Serbia and stuff. And um, if you've seen that footage, I think a Croatian fan storms the court and, uh, with a Croatian flag and Vladi Divac steals a flag off him and says, no, it's, you know, it's a Yugoslavia yeah, team. Yeah. We don't want any nationalism. And that was misconstrued and reported massively different back in Yugoslavia. Yep. There he ripped it off him and spat on the flag. And so that kind of really solid the relationships between sort of Vladi, yes. Dino Raja, Kukoc, Petrovic, you know, they were getting death threats saying, you know, if you're f- with him, you're against us. And it caused massive divisions, obviously. And obviously there was no, Particularly personal fallings out, but there a lot of politics going on. And well, there did seem to be a personal falling out. Well, there did seem yeah. to be a personal falling out, and from all the accounts I can see, Petrovic seems to be the one who couldn't see past. No, couldn't see past it. Which is weird because I think his dad was Serbian as well and stuff, and it's not. It's just it all got very sort of personal. I don't know. It never really got explained, did it? Because. Everything I've watched is always people saying, look, I know Vladi was always like, yeah. why can't we be friends? Well, Vladi's like, yeah, he's yeah. the loveliest bloke ever. Yeah. If you've never seen any interviews or anything, he comes off yeah. one of the most genuine, and... fun-loving guys ever. I mean, they were roommates and everything, weren't they? And it, so... it definitely seems that Petrovic was the one who kind of... Carried a grudge frosty. for a long yeah, time. For, for whatever reason, um, which has never really been explained, has it? That's part... Well, that's always a problem, isn't it? When people can't separate themselves from yeah. an idea of a nation-state, you get real issues quick, quickly. Nationalism's yeah. bad, kids. Nationalism's um, bad. But they'd beat sort of an American team with Kenny Anderson, Alonzo Mourning, and stuff, and they were powerhouse. As we said, this was sort of yes. Dino probably... Roger was drafted to Celtics just yeah. after that. Wasn't they were he? probably the favourites going into sort of the '92 Olympics, and I think and this that's is, why uh... this is why David Stern, uh, you know, got involved. Yes. In, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll scrap that amateur thing. We'll keep yeah. one amateur on the team. Uh, Americans don't like losing. It seems. Not well, not at a sport they keep proclaiming themselves world yeah. champions yeah. at. <laughs> um, but this is very much the start of the sort of internationalising of the sort of NBA and stuff, wasn't it? Yes, Petrovic, Divac, um, Dino Raja, then yeah. Ku coach. Yeah, Detlef, Schramm. Yeah, it was definitely influx, and the, the ninety two Olympics had a lot to do with that as well. Like it was kind of 
the first time it took basketball to be massively hyped in the Olympics. So it was quite a spectacle, wasn't it? Yes, it was very much a spectacle. It almost, from what I remember... With the NBA's marketing machine. I mean, maybe it was me, and that's because it, it probably was quite a lot to do with my young self's confirmation bias. But for me, the dream team overwhelmed the 92 Olympics. Oh, massively, yeah, yeah. I mean, they overshadowed the 92 Olympics. I was in. And I, I think... I was just north of Barcelona. And, and I think the International just, Olympic was, Committee team, afterwards yeah. were like, yeah, you need to knock that in on, knock that on the head. Yeah, Especially as, think about that as well. The International Olympic Committee is, if, if anybody's any in doubt about this, all about fucking sponsorship money. That's all that racket's about. And it's a fucking racket. Oh, it's like the World Cup. It's a racket. Yeah, yeah. So when NBA players and when they're coming in with their own sponsorship deals and they're like, you know, well they refused to, they were draping the flags over the Reebok yep. thing, and it got if you know what I mean, so didn't it? so yeah, so I think that became an issue for them. But that's what it was. That's all anybody will remember. Who remembers what 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 Carl Lewis was doing, roided up? So he was traded. Uh, he finally got out of Portland to traded uh, stolen. Yeah. Uh, Willis Reed, a three-way team, great bit of GM. It's uh, a, a struggling New Jersey team who were kind of laden with selfish veteran players, Reggie Fierce, and they just drafted Derek Coleman, yep. and they were sort of basement team. And the he he started getting more minutes. Obviously, I think they had Mookie Blaylock running. The Mookie Blaylock running point. They were a good um, backcourt. Those two. Sam Bowie and stuff. Sam Bowie. Um, Chris Morris. Chris Morris, It was yeah. way, Watching all this footage has been like, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. way better. Good hands, too, for a just guy that them. size. Just... Long. If he'd have been in the league now, people would be like, that's a wing. Yeah, he was very athletic. He was very, very athletic. Yeah, it was kind of like liberating for him. Uh, I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else. I forgot about that parquet at the Meadowlands. The floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot yeah. about that parquet yeah. floor at the Meadowlands. Oh, I love that New Jersey team. So, yeah, obviously... Um, a lot happier, bigger role. Started really establishing myself as one of the sort of better two guards in the league. And obviously, there was a the '92 Olympics. I think they did they get silver, didn't they? They lost to the yeah. dream team in the gold medal game. Yeah, he was established as kind of this was his career was just peaking now. Sort of twenty seven. They brought Chuck Daly in as coach. Replaced Bill Fitch. Bill Fitch, who which, stepped down. Which, yeah. if you have a look, they seemed to, it, it, it was like they just regenerated Bill Fitch. Had the same haircut, the same like checked blazer and black trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, it was like they, they who looks most like him, just a younger version. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's amazing that but he was like an old school drill sergeant type of coach, whereas. Chuck Daly was no more. It was a bit of a player's coach. Yeah, and yeah. When he came in, he said they just massively lacked self-esteem. They'd just been shouted at, you know, on the ball pitch. And he just, he really sort of built up the confidence of the team again. Gave, they traded Blaylock away, didn't they, to Atlanta. And he gave Kenny Anderson the point, his starting point guard job. Um, what a bad court, potentially. Could have been uh, for years. Kenny Anderson, uh, young DC. And, uh, he really kicked his game up, um, just going at it with Reggie Miller and against Jordan and yeah, I love that Nets team. They were just they were yeah. No, you can look on YouTube and there's people who've put like highlights of just MJ versus Petrovic yeah. and the dates, and you can watch because that's what it was. And you can tell watching it, Jordan fucking hated it. Oh god, yeah. Reggie Miller said he hated playing. Against he just Petrovic, Petrovic was just ragging weird yeah. steals off him. Yeah. You could tell the trash talking wouldn't yeah. affect him. There's one of them I watched, and the fucking refs just gave it to him. Like <laughs> he was just fouling him all over the place, just yeah. fouling Petrovic all over the place. It was yeah. ridiculous. Again, he's like he was like irky jerky. He could get to his spots and just get his shot off over pretty much anyone, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah. He and was like a proto Manu Ginobili. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Good, very comparison. Yeah, Manu and an underrated passer as well. Yes, he, he can put it on a 
play, and that was just such a fun team to watch. Um, DC running the break and stuff. I remember they had a, a sort of nationally televised game that year against the Knicks. Marv Albert on. I think he went out with John Starks. Apparently, John Starks had come up to him and yeah. said something about him being aren't your mates responsible for playing the World Trade Center or attempting to or something? Yeah. He was just like laughing about what? Like they're not from where I'm from, kind of thing. Just some dumb John Stark shit. So apparently got into him with a game in that game and then and that was the game where uh, John Starks smashed Kenny Anderson. He broke his wrist. Yeah. He was out for the season. So that kinda that did for that duo. It was that was the last that game was the they last, played yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was I remember at the time just gutted because Kenny Anderson was like, as we've said on previous pods, was one of my favourite players at the time. I was just, ah, uh, the dream backcourt. Yes. Um, and then, yeah. Snubbed for the All-Star team as well that year in favour of like, Isaiah, who was like on his last leg. On his last legs. Kind of, he should very much have been an All-Star. I mean, That's what the All-Star game was, though, back yeah, then. It was, it was like, the old magic man's parade. His mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so probably should have been in the All-Star. I think he was in the three-point shootout, wasn't he? I don't know if it was that year or the year before. But it was all, uh, all NBA third team at the end of the year, which... Kind of cemented how good he was. Um, he was one of the elite, elite guards. Elite. Yeah, yeah. They got bounced by Cleveland again in the playoffs, um, which would prove to be sort of his last game. And that shirt, his contract situation was a bit of a mess. I think they kind of throw numbers at him, like three million. They're going to make him one of the better paid guards in the league, but he didn't want to commit for five years. He maybe wanted to commit. For, he didn't want to be away from home for that long with what was going on, you know, mm. with the war and stuff. So. Basically, he was, he was going to be out of contract that summer. I think there was talk of Panathinaikos and stuff, and he was maybe going back to Europe. He wasn't short of offers. Yep. Um, but playing yep. the best ball of his career at 28, and he really physically developed as well. He was a big, fucking strong lad as well. Uh, like, uh, yeah, no, I mean, five. that was... Because if you watch his early... He's quite a wafty, sort of skinny young kid, wasn't he? And yes. He proper built In short shots. Shot. Yeah. Into a right unit. You know, you wouldn't want to be good. Six foot, five foot. I built like granite, you know what I mean? Yeah, he hit his prime. Yeah. He hit his peak. He just hit peak Petro. Uh, obviously, then, you know, if you follow the story, you know what happened next. He went to play in Poland with the national team, didn't get on the plane, back to Zagreb with the rest of the Croatia team, went, uh, flew to Frankfurt with his then-girlfriend, the basketball player model, Clara Slancy, something like that. She's married, married to Oliver Bierhoff, strangely. Remember him? Yes, Milan of course. Who wouldn't? I've got to remember Oliver Bierhoff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some listeners might yeah, yeah, be familiar okay. with. Like, 90s Italian football. But, um, yeah, Germany Oliver, striker. Yeah. You have to remember Bierhoff. Uh, his wife was the driver ah, of yeah. the car. That, the Volkswagen um, Golf. That obviously sadly collided with a, a truck. And, uh, was, I think it was more a truck on the other side of the road lost control, jackknifed, went spinning right. into the other yeah. side. She came over the brow of the hill too fast. In yeah, the wet and, and it was just there. Too fast. And, it was yeah. there. And uh, yeah, I think there was another passenger and she and the third she passenger were wearing seatbelts. And, uh, he, and went, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, no, so he, he went through the windscreen. And yeah. that was. I don't think anyone was wearing seatbelts by the sound of it. But apparently those two weren't. Right. And he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. He was asleep as well, apparently. So. That's what did for him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Seatbelts, kids. Yeah, I can remember it. I mean, it was just before the NBA Finals that year. It was the Phoenix Bulls Finals, Summer '93. Yeah, and um, I can remember like the minute silence. Yeah, in the Phoenix the Phoenix game. Finally, um, yep. we'll never know. What well, that's really it, gone, isn't it? With, with Petrovic, the... it's, it's always like we're, we're we're always robbed of. We'll always robbed, robbed of but, his prime, really. Yeah, we'll, we'll always only ever be able to speculate on what could have been. But who knows? It could have been that. Yeah, he. 
maybe went back to, to playing Greece and yeah. To be honest, I watched I watched a report about I, I didn't know that was one of the I didn't get that deep into to know that was one of the rumors. Yeah. But I watched a rip I was watching just a shitload of footage down a YouTube rabbit hole of fucking Jason Petrovich clips and uh, sketchy VHS. And at one point, a Greek like news TV came up. I started watching it because it was. Like badly lit, badly coordinated. They looked up at the screen, if you know what I mean. And in the middle of this report, like they were going off, Jason Petrovich, noise, 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 Panathinaikos. And I was like, how do you ram Panathinaikos into this about Jason <laughs> Petrovich going through a windscreen? Like, yeah. and that's why. So, yeah, there was. I think like, his agent Warren Legary was in kind of advanced talks with mm-hmm. them while he was still, you know, apparently Chuck Daly had said. You've got to get him re-signed at all costs. I don't care. You know, get to Europe. Yeah. We'll just get it done because, you know, Chuck Daly loved him, you know. The rest of that sort of Nets team were quite immature. I think he'd had sort of run-ins sort of character-wise with Coleman and stuff. like. They couldn't understand why he'd stay after practice working harder. Like, what's wrong yeah. with you? And there was just a definite sort of clash of sort of personalities on that team. And I think they promoted Anderson as the star. Where really, it was Petrovic's team, you know. He yes. Was, he was the best player on the team by a mile. And uh, I think that's kind of why there was sort of... A, problems with the contracts and stuff but um, we'll never know obviously yeah we'll never know yeah we'll never know soon. but yeah the uh, it was like a state funeral I mean Croatia yeah. 100,000 people there it's fucking tomb yeah that was that tomb proper below holy shit um, it's like a, yeah yeah it was like you know Princess Diet kind of funeral or something you know what I mean it was like the whole country kind of just I'll put, it's probably the basketball player with the most amount of statues yeah <laughs> Um, you can see the sort of if you watch that the thirty for thirty, just the burden it sort of put on Vladi Divac for years. It he took he like he been carrying the weight of a world on his shoulders for years. I think he it, it seems that Petrovic took what was going on with the war more too personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean he he went and protested outside the UN and yeah. to like a, a peace protest, and yeah. he went all for that. But yeah. whereas Vladi, I think, was much more like. I don't know, like Serb, Croat, what's it matter? If you know yeah, what I mean, was, like just very much, yeah, you know, you're my brothers, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, some people take it in different ways, but Welsh, Scottish, whatever. Yeah, if you know what I mean, like it, it, you, you it just felt don't some know. people would always see it like you that, while some people know. are yeah. fiercely more sort of their their own personal sense of identity is tied much more into. And you don't know what threats he got. Country, you know, they yeah. apparently they stole his car from outside his mother's house and burned it out and shit. And you know. Like, Tony Kukoc kind of alludes to the fact that he got death threats, you know, if, like, don't speak to Vladi Divac, you know, we're going to put a bullet in you and stuff. So you, you don't know what, what, there was lots of shit going on, wasn't there? Yeah. It was uh, obviously not ideal, but a really sad story, because obviously they were like brothers, and it was yes. kind of like a team of sort of young lads who'd come up together, you know, and sacrificed a lot and played a, a fantastic style of basketball and stuff. And I encourage you to go and watch sort of any highlights of those old Yugoslavia teams, because it was... Like Globetrot stuff at times. Yeah, 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 no, like, it was yeah. it was proto. You know, pops watched loads. Yeah, um, but the thing that struck me about Petrovic, he was a proper pantomime villain, sort of entertainer as well. The way he he, sort he of embraced it in the yeah. way Rusty doesn't. Yeah, you know he loved I mean? it. He got into it with the fans, especially he watched that sort of last year in New Jersey. He it become like his old self again. You could see him yeah. he was pumping the fists and the arms in the air after a basket, and really you know. Slamming the floor and like encouraging the crowd. Like, like I said, right? He considered himself Michael Jordan's equal, and Michael Jordan clearly thought he wasn't that far behind. Oh, he wanted to. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, he was a. Whether the Nets could have got out of their own way and actually built a contender and 
it wouldn't have imploded with sort of DC and Kenneth. There's nothing remains to be seen to but, suggest that, but, but yeah, um, you know, he was definitely he was you know him and Reggie Miller and stuff. They would get a, get Jordan problems for <laughs> years to come. Yes. You know what I mean? It was. Uh, he was that good. He was a centrepiece for a franchise. Oh, but he was a franchise player, no oh, yeah. doubt. And he was the first, first sort of European player to be a sort of franchise player as well. You know, it's pretty Dirk and just a groundbreaking. I can only imagine the amount of sort of kids like Dirk who sort of must have watched that stuff growing up and thought it's possible. Him. Yeah, especially you know, Luka Doncic obviously a lot younger, but you can tell he's sort of very aware of. Sort of Petrovic there's lots of parallels sort of... in their games. Yeah, yeah. there's lots of Absolutely. sort of parallels yeah. in their games. There is there is a load. Their timelines, the year in Real Madrid. Um, Luke is obviously younger, but just yeah, dominating Eurobasket and then making that next transition. And yeah, Luke is very much similar. All you hear is people go, "Oh, he's not athletic. He's not going to be good." Oh, yeah, he's not going to. But but basketball's a game played was, equally in the head. We were so high on him coming into the draft, and I yeah. couldn't understand why anyone would. Not you know, want to take him number one. The records, the stats, the medals. It's an absolutely glittering career. If you if you ever in Croatia, go to the, the sort of museum they've got for him in Zagreb. It's just the sheer amount of trophies and medals and stuff he won just in Europe and internationally is just astounding. There's but, footage of there's footage of Diego Maradona visiting that massive really? tomb in '94, yeah, laying like, a shirt down, yeah. and. I dragged the family there. <laughs> Mrs. Slugger's on about it. Like, yeah. what, what are we doing again? That was mental. Strangely, kind of found it a bit sort of comforting and stuff. I don't know, just to finally go and like, oh, you know, a guy who I've sort of followed for sort of best part of my life. Yeah. Actually, go and just you know see it all in person and stuff. The sort of impact he had. It's, uh, well, <clears throat> well, the other thing is, is that Croatia was heavily invested in forging itself an identity. Yeah, that particular time. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, they were always going to do that. Yeah, I'd imagine yeah. Yeah. became a bit of a sort of national symbol, if you will. Yes. I mean, remember when Goran Ivanovic won the Wimbledon title? In yes. Two thousand, two thousand one. He actually dedicated dedicated it to him to on, on the court. On Wimbledon. the yeah, sent the court at Wimbledon. And if you see, we went back home in a Petrovic jersey and stuff. Yeah. Hugging Drazen's mum and stuff, as though you know this. And that goes back to the thing you said. It was very much a national yeah. sort of pride thing, wasn't it? And, well, any burgeoning, small, new, yeah. freshly born nation needs to assert itself. Mm. And if there's one thing you can... If you're not going to do that via fucking war, you've yeah. got to do that sporting. sporting that's, yeah, how, yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how nations become legit, if you know what I mean. Somaliland will never be a real country until they get a heavyweight wrestling like <laughs> r- wrestling gold medalist or something if you know what i mean oh then you're a country but yeah the third all-time three-point shooter behind steve Kerr and hubert davis of all people hubert davis uh, percentage wise ahead of the curry brothers so mm. that's you know if you want to measure how good yes he was. that's how good he was uh, at shooting he was better than steph curry at shooting three-pointers in the 90s you know can you imagine him nowadays jesus the amount of threes he'd take a game of <sighs> video game yeah you wouldn't know you wouldn't know the gravity he would have in today's basketball would be retarded. Yeah, like the way he would just pull systems out because you would have and to always so be much covering. More space and there's no hand checking, and just he pretty much get where he wanted at will. Um, mm. So yeah, he's it very much translate. I think um, it's arguable he was one of the players who, along with the likes of Reggie Miller, did change the offense in basketball. Yeah. To that point, if you know what I mean, but he was always great on games as well, like those early sort of basketball games and the snares and that. Yeah, I think if you can get the diamond, if you can get the diamond Petrovic on two K, you're fucking laughing these days. But um, yeah, a glittering career and obviously a 
a tragic story. Um, Shout out to Anthony Morrow for uh, taking his round in the 2012 three-point contest. He did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bought the jersey, didn't he? Yeah, do yourself a favour and uh, there's there's tons of footage on YouTube. And there's a great book by an Australian guy called Todd Spear, who we've referenced quite a bit, which tells the story of his career in um, further depth. So that's highly recommended. Um, Anything else before we go, Gav? No, not really. Um, Looking forward to the playoffs now. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, Ready for the playoffs. Stop this madness. Stop this this, this 82-game madness. That's what I'm saying. got the... um, Warriors at Thunder tonight should be worth watching. There's quite a few early games on this weekend, I think. Yeah. Lakers Knicks on their TV tomorrow. Yeah. Basement dwellers. Oh, Sixers Bucks actually as well at seven thirty tomorrow night. Yeah, that, I imagine that'll be on Sky. Um, so look out for Mike. I'm not yep. sure if he's on that one or not. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week uh, with TV's Mike Tuck to speak uh, a bit more in depth about the playoff run. So then check out the YouTube channel. Tons of old games going up there. And, uh, VHS Petro. VHS Petro. Yeah, I put a couple of New Jersey games up there actually. So yeah, catch him in action. Catch some of that Meadowland. We only ever saw him against Jordan and the Bulls. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust I me. I think there was that Nets Knicks game, yeah. which is worth a watch. Um, gets a bit tetchy with Gerald Wilkins and Starks and stuff. Till then, see you next time, Gav. Thanks. Thank you. Let's go watch the Wednesday. Isn't it? Let's Peace stop right yes. Hey, you know everybody's talking about the good old days, right? Everybody, the good old days, the good old days. Well, let's talk about the good old days.